Welcome to another edition of Pili, Raúl, and La Música. Hola, Pili. ¿Qué tal, amiguito Raúl? What's going on, dude? I'm very excited because we've been able to travel quite a bit. And going to Mexico City, the energy, the vibe, it is just out of this world. And people have asked me, like, you know, and I don't know, have we had this conversation before where people say, like, if you had to pick another city to live in, where would it be? For the longest time, it was like Seattle. I love Seattle. Interesting. But then there's so much rain. And you know me, I'm all about the sunshine. Yeah. And, you know, but but I love the vibe of Seattle. But then starting to go more to Mexico City and really enjoying the vibra of CDMX and places like Condesa, Roma, you know, Juarez, and, you know, places like El Foro Sol. You know, it's like, I think if there was one other place to live in, it would have to be El DF. Ah, same here. Same here. I would definitely. I mean, I've always thought about going to Ciudad de Mexico. I was planning on it for a while. I'm still thinking about it. So yeah, I might I end up that. there soon because it's a great city. You never know. And it's full of music. So yeah. we got a chance to travel to Mexico City and interview one of the bands that I, it's a German band, but um, it's a band that I've been following for a very long time. They are super, super fun. Um, their songs are usually like hits, like right away hits. They make people dance or feel good. I'm talking about the eclectic German pop duo Milky Chance. Yeah, and I remember when I first heard of Milky Chance, I think I'd heard of them before, like just indirectly, just by chance. But I'm a big fan of the group Poolside from Los Angeles. Of course, and yeah. And when they did a remix of Milky Chance, I'm, I was playing it like crazy as often as possible. Like, you know, like kind of chill out events, of course, on the radio, uh, everywhere possible, you know, in the car. Just, I'm all like, okay, I got to find out a little bit more about Milky Chance. And then finding out, you know, all their other discography and their all the music, which is fantastic. Like you said, it's definitely dance music and it's it's that feel-good vibe. So we got a chance to interview the guitarist and singer for Milky Chance, Clemens Rebain, and he was so sweet. We met at uh, just like an apartment in Mexico City, and we were just hanging out, lounging, and having a sip of some cocktails. A little you know, traguito. A little traguito, a little Jack Daniels to warm up um, before he went on stage. And it was so cool because we got a chance to talk about like why they're experimenting with Spanish because they do have a song in Spanish out now and the kind of like, you know, um, their influence, like Bad Bunny and Rosalia have influenced them. We talked about their different views of um, different elements. Um, we talked about how they want to be a sustainable band. So they're trying to yeah. travel as sustainable as possible, which I thought was a very intriguing and different point to, to their journey as musicians. To be socially conscious and being uh, in this industry where obviously there's, some would say there's a lot of waste, there's a lot of excess, but oh, you know, yeah. these guys are trying to do it right. Yep, 100%. And of course, you know, it's so cool to talk to a band that has so many freaking hits. I mean, I dance to Milky Chance all the time. And I don't know about you, Raul, but one of the highlights of that trip to Mexico was actually dancing and seeing Milky Chance with you dancing and jumping and singing along to their greatest songs and to their greatest hits. And that was very special to me. Just like being there with like Raul, just like, yeah, Milky Chance. Oh, yeah. And it was packed. There was such an energy, you know, the energy of Vive. And our good friend, Mr. Nelson Arreguin, who 
works at Sure Microphones, whose sponsor, Pili Raul en la Musica, was also there dancing with us. So was David Grover of Spinster Records in Dallas, which we're going to very, very soon, Pili. We're going to be doing some Yay! episodes over there in vivo. So that will be a lot of fun as well. But let's get into Milky Chance right now. Jack Daniels presents Milky Chance, all the way from CDMX. <laughs> Use so many different elements and many kind of categorize you guys as a rock band, but really, where do you see Milky Chance? How do you describe your sound? Where, where, how, where, where, where where's that feeling land? Um, if I would break it down, it's actually it is like kind of melancholic, sentimental songs mixed with upbeat rhythms, influenced by. Many different genres. If we talk about just like the music and like arrangements and like rhythms and guitar licks and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, there's like yeah, there's yeah, it's influenced by by folk but also by electronic music. And um I think yeah, it's just like a mixture of that in a certain way. So it kind of became the sound that we have i would say you know <laughs> he's like we're just in a category of our own milky chance it's its own category clearly you guys are german um mm -hmm. but you sing mostly in english but i love that you guys are exploring in spanish love mm. the cover of mm. la noche de noche by bad bunny and rosalia i'm so glad you guys are exploring different languages Are yeah. you finding like different sounds when you sing in different languages? And also, was singing in German ever an option? Um, singing in German, like till now, has never been an option to me, because, like, to me, I feel like it's really, it's really hard to. Well, first of all, it's really hard to to write a good, whether it's a poem or a song or whatever, in German. Um, there's beautiful poetry, German poetry, but I don't, I cannot do it. <laughs> and it's just like the language itself just sounding kind of rough sometimes, you know, like Spanish <laughs> or English. I was about to say because the German language is kind of like, it's, it's harsh. And yeah, then you, even the English harsh. language, the English language is a little bit kind of mumbled. But then when you get into the Spanish language and all the different, there's, Languages from all over the world that are very kind of finessed and very fine. I can see how that yeah. would come into play. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, when it comes to singing and like the sound of it, it's not like the most beautiful language. <laughs> I mean, I think German is definitely known for its harshness. It is also, it is very, it is very precise, you know? That's what German language is. It's like there's a word for everything. And in Spanish, you have 17 words for one thing. Yeah, yeah. It's more like, the, also in English, it's more like describing things, you know? Right. And um, that, for me, I mean, I, I, I always listen to English music, like probably 95% or even more of the music I listen to was English. 
So it was kind of natural because all the input I had when I listened to music was always English. It was kind of natural to, you know, to put it, you know, it's like. Who were you listening to? Who are some of those English artists? Um, I mean, when I started playing guitar, like probably everyone who, who starts playing guitar, you you go through all these different kind of dramas, but also like, you know. When I had my first electric guitar, I mean, first you start acoustic playing acoustic guitar, and then do like all like classic songs, but also like, well, once you you start diving into Nirvana stuff like that, you know, it's like easy two chords, sometimes four chords uh, progression songs that are easy to learn and just like you know, it's just nice to learn them. I also played a lot of uh, Jack Johnson. Stuff which you've like collaborated that. with, which yeah, I love. Yeah, and um, but then also played a lot of reggae. I listened a lot to Bob Marley, and also other reggae artists, but mostly Bob Marley. Also had a phase, you know, when I got my first electric guitar, I was like trying to play all the Slash solos. Slash, like Guns N' Roses, you know. So it's like, Ooh, but even you know, like if even if you go back to like punk music it's like it's only three chords that's it yeah, you you know those three chords you can play any punk track yeah and that's like you know it's like uh it's like um fast pleasure you know if you have only three chords to to learn the song and that's what you want to do when you start playing an instrument you know me like as a you know well not that little but as a boy in my room and then, of course, you wanna you wanna be able to play those songs that you're listening to. And if it's like easy songs, you know, you can just play along. It's like, oh yeah, I got it. It's like feels so nice. And then you're like, I'm almost, you know, able doing what they're doing. You know, so you it's like it's it's accessible. You know, so that's that's I think also like the great thing about like the simplicity of like, well, is it like well, yeah, easy songs, pop songs, whether it's like right. reggae or like pop or like uh, folk or whatever. Um, just like nice to learn. I love, I mean, I'm Puerto Rican, so I grew up with reggae. That was the first genre of music that I fell in love with. But I want to go back to Jack Johnson. I loved your performance with Jack Johnson on The Late Show and that you guys were exploring with like bottles and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a vacuum cleaner, which was so much fun to watch. Do you feel like yeah. ex exploring with different instruments? And That's what happens when the musicians have to stay at home doing the, you know, <laughs> cleaning up the, <laughs> the room. <laughs> Do you feel like exploring with different instruments and kind of like exploring with different sounds is part of the DNA of Milky Chance? Um... I mean, we're like unfortunately not able to play all these different instruments that are existing. Wait, in this you're universe, not playing the vacuum cleaner tomorrow <laughs> during El Vive Latino? What? <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, it is like, it's always like trying. Yeah, we always want to try out new things. But it's also like, probably sometimes like it's a little tricky. Like, if you, like, you want to surprise yourself, you don't want to repeat yourself but also you have maybe a certain dna or if you can say so and you you know you don't want to probably expand like you know you don't want to go too far off of what of what 
It's like find the balance, right, between your sound and what people know you for and also exploring. Yeah, Yeah, exploring. So I'm always trying to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, the last couple of years had to been really tough. And you mentioned like using vacuum cleaners or different, uh, if you want to call them, or instruments. (laughs) But the last couple of years have changed a lot of people's perceptions of how to make music, what to do, what not to do. Have you guys discovered any kind of new inner finds during these last couple of years, maybe that you wouldn't have thought of before? Like maybe, yeah, okay, let's use these two bottles and clink them together. And we would have never known that that sound created this. I wouldn't say that like the like the whole lockdown situation or whatever you want to call it um, has infected the way we're working on, like the way we work in the studio. Um, it was more, I think, more that uh the fact that we had a lot of time and a lot of space and no like schedule ahead and no deadlines or whatever and that's that's i think that's pretty like uh useful if you can say so if you want to be creative cuz you you know it's always about going kind of like being in the moment getting inspired you know, being inspired by what surrounds you, but also like not not forcing it too much. Maybe right. I think right. that's also like something that we always trying to do. It has to, you know, it has to come. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not, and it's totally okay if like there's you know a few days or a week where you don't feel that you know, inspired or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, those, so. it's those inner finds. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're hearing it a lot that people have changed the way they do things. But yeah, it's like really kind of almost becoming an introvert in how you make music. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've always, you know, I've always done a lot of music myself on my own, just me in my room, like, especially back in the days. And, um, you know, then... Philip and I met and we we started, you know, producing like our first album. But before that, it was always just me mm-hmm. and myself trying to, you know, figure out how to, you know, maybe write songs. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that's great. And I also like, like we want to, I mean, now we, it's a very it's a very intimate thing, you know? Like like Philip and I like being in the studio. Most of the time it's just the two of us. Of course, like we started working together with other people also a lot now that we're based in Berlin because you want to as I said, you want to try out new things because when it's it's kind of like the thing when it's just the two of us and you 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 go to the studio and work the same way every day. It's it's kind of you you need to break out of it like yeah if not it gets like, boring yeah and also like i mean making music together with other people is like beautiful yeah. and very enlightening sometimes it's just a very intimate introvert kind of thing as you said i would say like when like if you look at the core of it you guys have been teasing us with releasing a couple of singles you released colorado mm-hmm. last year which became an immediate hit I play it on Dash Radio. You guys probably play it at KCRW. Um, and Synchronize just came out too. And it's obviously heading its way to be to become a huge hit. Do you feel like you guys are exploring? Like what stage, what evolution are you guys in in terms of your sound? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think, 
I think probably like the biggest difference is maybe, I mean, of course, like we 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 made our experiences being in the music industry or whatever uh, for well, it's almost ten years now, and uh, it's just like yeah, you you know you you learn yeah sometimes you learned your lessons and it's um <laughs> sometimes <laughs> some, some other times we don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, yeah well that's how it is um and i think you we're just like probably maybe more aware of the possibility and the chance that we had back then and that like could follow our passion and make it our profession so it's also like once again I think a very tricky part because now we got obviously a bit more mature as personalities grew up a little and then you think like well actually yeah we, like we want to do this for the rest of our lives if that's possible. I mean that's the dream to be able to yeah. do it you know and do what you love. Yeah you want to be able to do it but also at the same time you don't like but you guys don't over, you don't overcomplicate things. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, don't think about it too much, you know, I mean, sometimes. Knowing a bunch of I producers think. and engineers, I mean, that's, and you guys hit with those first songs, you know, whether it's Stolen Dance or or Flash Junk Mind, you guys hit hard and they become like just instant mega anthems. But then there's this mentality and the producers and engineers will tell you that less is more. Don't overcomplicate things. Yeah. And we love that. Even still today, with the music, with synchronize or anything like that, it, it's you guys are keeping that same mentality, and they're becoming those giant sing-alongs because people can easily gravitate to them. Yeah, we're always trying to keep it simple. We love simplicity, but I think it's really hard sometimes. You know, like creating something simple is is way harder to me. Like to you know to layer like many of ideas because you have yeah it's about to find that one idea that fits in there perfectly because you, you you're gonna have a lot of ideas how you can arrange that song or like you know and then but find that one right way in, in its simplicity it's like yeah, it's not it's hard sometimes but i like it i love it that's just more it's like that's probably that is our How you said it? Motto. Oh uh, yeah, our our mentality, our simplicity. Yeah. I mean, but with success comes financial well-being, and you're able to get a lot more equipment, a yeah. lot more studio. It's not like the same way when you were doing it. You know, when you first started with like DIY. Yeah, DIY. Yeah. DIY. Where where where? DIY. DIY. Hey, <laughs> do What's yourself that? in. <laughs> no, I'm just. Um, no, but yeah, you know, at the beginnings, you know, you're, you're starting with what you have, and it's like, okay, I got scotch tape, I got some rubber bands, I got some yeah. paper clips. Let's make a song, and then yeah. you guys make hits. Yeah. Okay, now you get, you know. Better computers, equipment, plugins that you know. Totally, you, yeah, yeah. You, you can go down that rabbit That's hole. That's the thing, yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah. Of course. I mean, it's the same. It's you know, on one hand, it's like super exciting for us because you just want to learn about all these things, and we did. And um, but at the same time, as you said, like back then when we did the first album, we were just limited very much. But I feel like sometimes that kind of limitation brings up another sort of like creativity you know when you're limited you're yeah. like you have to 
well, okay, that's what's there. This is the tools I have. That's all I have. I have to use them in the in the most creative way yeah. to to bring something to life. I think it's the thing about evolving as an artist or like developing as a well composer or producer or whatever that uh, you want to get to know all these uh, tools and but also at the same time not losing yourself in, in, in that huge <laughs> jungle of opportunities. <laughs> and also, you know, with success comes fame. And yeah. with that comes ego. And you actually, you guys do have a song called Ego. And, you know, you play in front of thousands and thousands of people. How do you keep your ego in check when you have, again, thousands and thousands of people like adoring you. Yeah. I think I kind of feel like I felt way more famous. Before? <laughs> no, no, but I felt way more famous like um like in the very beginning of it because everything was new. And also I felt like I had the crazy hair back then, you know? It was like a lot of people recognized me back then. And it really, like, when I changed my hair, <laughs> really, like, it changed. Um, I wish I had that problem. But, but, <laughs> um, but, yeah, also, like, but I think, like, the, the, because it was all new, so it was, like, yeah, it was just, like, crazy roller coaster experience and all that. But besides that, um, I think, um, like, friends and family, because we all have kids as well. Um, so they call you out on your bullshit? Yeah, no, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it's, I think it just, uh, that, like, family just, just, um, you know, th they don't let you. They ground you. Yeah, they ground you. They don't let you get lost in, in that crazy world. Well, you, you, you mentioned children. These songs, these hits are kind of like your babies, you know? It, yeah. And, <laughs> and it becomes something where, where. They're really your own and you embrace them. You know, the ego comes into play at times. But then the idea of the remixer comes through. And uh, the guys from Poolside were actually the ones that passed on one of your remixes. Um, how easy is it or how difficult is it to pass on one of your quote unquote babies onto a remixer to let them kind of morph your sound into like their vibe? I mean, to me, it's, it's actually like, to give it to somebody, it's like easy because in the end, it's a remix like somebody else made, and I don't have to like it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I guess it also depends too, because you know that if you you're know? gonna give it to Poolside, Poolside's gonna do a good job, so that they're in good hands in Poolside. But yeah. if it's someone else, then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, you don't. I mean, sometimes you love them, sometimes you don't. But it's like that's that's okay. You know, I think like once songs are out there, I feel like I understand like, you know, like music is also like an open space for everybody to to go to, whether as a listener or as a creator. And um, I mean, I like that, you know, when I was younger, I was like I was doing a lot of YouTube, like digging deep, like demos or like remixes. I love like all these I don't know, like remixes or remakes from somebody you never heard before 
from a song you probably didn't even know. And, you know, just experiencing that. I think it's like, I don't know. I'm not that, I'm easy with it. You so know? you're not that attached to them. No. Which is good, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it does allow your music, just like you said, it goes to a different audience that maybe yeah. have not have heard your originals, but yeah. they might be a fan of the remixer. Yeah. And that and leads them down. And if you wrote down. the song, you got all the royalties. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I'm just there kidding. <laughs> So the song Daydreaming, you recorded it with Tash Sultana, and I think she's such an amazing, talented singer-songwriter. What was cool about working with her? Um, well, the first thing that was pretty cool is that we flew over to Australia. <laughs> um, that was a nice trip, you know. Uh, it was in Melbourne, and um, her place was really nice. Like, her studio uh, was, was really cool. And uh, it was easy, you know, it was, it was just, uh, I think it was like three days or something and just hang out in the studio and just like vibing together and um, it was fun. And then we also uh, visited her place and uh, at the coast, it's also cool. Very yeah. cool. Are there any other people that you're thinking about collaborating with or maybe even you doing a remix for them? Well, I think there's going to be maybe a few collaborations on, on the next album that we're working on right now. Female artists. Good. <laughs> I can say. We're all for that. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> drop names. Right. Uh, I want to keep the secret, uh, you know. Okay. But uh, it's female artists. Okay. And when is, it, when is the new album coming out? Uh, I don't know. Okay. All <laughs> no, right. No, but... Um, um, we haven't finished it yet, so uh, there's there's some pressure. Um, <laughs> Are can, the Colorado and Synchronized going to be part of it? Uh, definitely Synchronized. I'm not sure about Colorado because it's like so far away right. now. So it's um, like it's already become a hit. So but, let's just yeah, it'll it'll be really. We're gonna release it this year. Okay. For sure. All right. Maybe something like I don't know, end of summer or something. I don't know. Okay. There's we'll no see. there's no like like no date yet. Okay. Well, lastly, um, I know that you guys are trying to become a sustainable band. Mm. How's trying. that going? <laughs> um, and what are the biggest like challenges that you face in trying to become a sustainable musician, especially in a place like like Mexico, for example? I think where everything is served in plastic. Uh, plastic, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge uh, problem all around the world. Um, but I think like the main the main thing for us was like when we started that milky change uh, change thing. Um, first thing we did was well hiring somebody, uh, welcoming somebody to our team, uh, and she, she's our sustainable manager, if you can say so, because it is really well sustainability means like long term. It's it's a long term thing, so. For us, it was pretty clear, well, first, we are musicians, like most of the time we spend doing music, you know? Uh, so we need someone to, to help us right. with all that because it's a, it's a huge undertaking. It's like, you know, and it never stops. But like the main motivation behind it was not that we wanted to show people that we are or that we're going to be like the, the green 
sustainable band or something like that. I think it's not about that. It's more about using our platform, um, raising awareness and just like being part of the conversation and just like being responsible. Like I think we all have to be responsible in a certain way, you know, whether like on a personal level or like in our jobs or whatever we're doing. Uh, um, most well, yeah. I mean, most most important, I would say, is like the politicians, politics uh, that they show responsibility for for what we're doing here. And um, yeah, that was the main thing for us to do. And it's it's there's a lot of obstacles, uh, a lot of challenges. Um, you know, first of all, like the 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 first thing was like to try to find out where we are right now as a band, you know. What does it mean to tour in the U.S. for four weeks? What does it mean to play a show, show in front of like 2,000 or 3,000 people? You know, how's like the, the, you know, the CO2 emissions like spill it up, you know? So very, a lot to learn for us, very interesting. Yeah, we everything a lot. has a carbon footprint. Everything for yeah, sure. Yeah, everything. Uh, and when we talk about touring, like the biggest part is like the fan travel. Right. It's not the band's travel, you know? So um, so it is very important to to um, to get in touch with your fans as well and to involve them and try to communicate with them. And, you know, it's about networking and just like talking about things. And um, it's it feels like a never-ending journey. Though we all hope that we we have to get get there, you know. And and like I said, you have to start somewhere, but it's yeah, probably like harder when it's not your show. You know, when it's your show, you can you have more control. But when you're playing like at a festival, for example, yeah, it's probably even but even challenging. When you, even when it's your your own show, um, you know, like you cannot force the venue right. to. Yeah, all the fans well, to. There are people you know. that are trying. There are people that are trying, and yeah. some names that come to mind are like Moby and Morrissey. Yeah. You know, who really won't play certain places or festivals unless there are certain requirements yeah. that he imposes. So yeah, no, we get it, man, and we we just really appreciate that you guys are making that effort and really trying to build up a little bit of consciousness to not just yourselves and the music industry, but really the community. So thank you for doing that. Thanks. Yeah, I mean. And man, and we really appreciate your yeah. time. So Clemens, thank you so much. Mark Thanks Chance, for having We're me. really big thank fans you. of the music. So we just wish you continued success and great to see you in Mexico City. Yeah, it's good. Enjoying some tacos? Good times in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, well, not yet. I have to. Yeah, I have to. But I personally just want to thank you for making me dance so much with your music. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Let's oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh my god, Billy, I'm having a little bit of a flashback now listening back to that and knowing that I was a little buzzed during that chat with, with Clemens because, you know, before just to loosen things up, we, we had to deal with traffic and all kinds of stuff getting to the apartment to interview him. But now thinking back and listening to it, it's like, wow, there was a little bit of inebriation. Well, just so everybody knows what happened that day, as some of you might know, 
Mexico City um, shakes a lot. There's a lot of earthquakes in Mexico City. And whenever there's a little bit of an earthquake, like the entire city freezes and the traffic becomes even more horrible than it already is. And that's what happened that day. There was an <laughs> earthquake, a mini earthquake. So everybody had to evacuate wherever they were. And then obviously that stopped traffic. So we were scheduled to interview like three bands that day, starting with Milky Chance. And... Clemens was like two hours late because of what <laughs> happened. And then yeah. we had to cancel the rest of our interviews. But the important thing is that we ha we actually got to interview Clemens and Milky Chance, which was kind of like our priority. Um, but we were, everybody was like so stressed out and just like, oh my God, what the hell just happened? We need it. We need a little like Jack Daniels to like, you know, <laughs> break the ice and calm ourselves down after that little earthquake. But Clemens was super cool. Check out our Instagram so you see the pictures that we took with him. Sweet, sweet guy. And, and like I said, for me, the highlight was kind of like, isn't this fucking cool? Like we get to interview these musicians and then see them on stage perform in front of thousands of people when we were just with them an hour ago, sitting super <laughs> intimately having drinks, just the three of us, you know? And then next thing you know, a couple hours later, they're on stage performing and changing the lives of a mass audience and like to be part of that for me as like a podcaster and journalist like this is this is why i do what i do yeah being music fans and just dancing to a a packed outdoor area right there with milky chance was a lot of fun hanging with nelson arreguin from sure microphones thank you by the way for helping out with the microphones to making a sound great spinster records we had david grover in the house so he was helping out david. june from mexico city as june. well was was helping so it was a it was a family affair to uh to do this episode with milky chance and roam around mexico city so that was a lot of fun For sure. So thank you, Clemens, for being so sweet. And everybody listening out there, check out Milky Chance. Um, and if they are touring around your city, definitely go check them out. It's worth the vibe. It's so much fun. And of course, thank you for listening to Pilita en la Musica. You enjoy what you listen to. You enjoy our work. Please share it with everybody. Follow us on social media. Make sure to check out all of our episodes. We have over 80 episodes out right now. If the description of the episode is in English, guess what? The episode is in English. If the description of the episode is in Spanish, guess what? The episode is in Espanol. So we have a little bit of everything. That's a great thing about being a bilingual podcast. Yeah, I think this was probably the first um, interview where, where all of us were ESL, right? Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to every ESL person out there. So English is a second language. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Of course, of course. <laughs> And thank you, of course, to Jack Daniels for believing in the mission and in this uh, project that we called Pili, Raul, and La Musica. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye-bye.